everybody. Welcome back to the In Theory, I Was Right podcast. I, of course, am still Harris Kaufman, and today I'm talking about Comic-Con 2018. Um, I'm not posting this on YouTube yet just because I'm trying, I'm, I'm finding some new locations to do this podcast that sound a little better. Um, and the place that I'm doing it right now doesn't have any great seating. It's not, it's just not very visually, uh, appealing. So I'm, uh, I'm last episode, uh, didn't sound great. Uh, I thought it was really too echoey. The room I'm in now is still a little echoey. So I'm still playing around with it. We're still trying to figure out, um, where the best place is to do this acoustically. But for the time being, I'm doing it right here. So uh, let's talk about Comic-Con 2018. I have never been, uh, I had never been to Comic-Con before this past weekend. This was my very first Comic-Con. I didn't know what to expect. I, there is a surprising lack of information out on the internet, you know, just detailing what was going on, what I could look forward to, how to prepare properly. So really, it was just kind of a trial and error experience for me. Uh, and I have to say that by the end of it, I was exhausted, but I had an absolute blast. I would absolutely go back. I plan on going back next year. There is so much to do, so much to see, so much to buy. San Diego itself is an amazing place. There are thousands of people. It was unbelievable how many people were there. Um, but it was a great experience, and let's just get down to it. Um, let's see. Outside the con, outside the convention center. Now, there is so much to do, they couldn't fit it all in the convention center. And the convention center is a big place, so they had to put some stuff outside. Uh, now, we didn't get to see everything outside. I mean, really, how could you? Um, I know that uh, the Sci-Fi Channel had a giant presence there. I know that IMDB had a presence there. I know that Rotten Tomatoes had a presence there. Um, but the ones that I did see, I, the, uh, the NBC show, The Good Place, uh, one of my favorite shows, probably my favorite show right now, had a, a what they were calling an experience, where it was kind of like an interactive area. Uh, the Good Place had one. Jack Ryan had one. The Hulu show with John Krasinski had had kind of a deal that looked incredible. Uh, the line was just far too long for us to do it, but the outside there was a helicopter prop. It was uh, it was pretty pretty intense. I kept getting it confused with Jack Reacher the. Um, John, or the, the Tom Cruise character, I, for the life of me, I could not get those two straight. Uh, I heard that Ready Player One had a uh, experience, had an interactive kind of thing, which I heard was incredible. And Castle Rock, the new Hulu property, Castle Rock had a uh, had a kind of a haunted house thing going on. Um, I think that's I think that that was. The, that was all of it. There may have been more. Uh, that was just the ones that, that came to mind, the ones that I saw. Um, other places, other other things had uh, setups. So not so much experiences, but they had displays. They had uh, things to you know kind of look at. They, they, they probably had some sort of appearances there. Uh, I know that Adult Swim had this whole area. They kind of had this little ride. Uh, we didn't get to see it because it was, it was closed by the time that we got to it. But it had a it had a cool area. It had this giant TP uh, that I was I think it served kind of as a as a gift shop of sorts. Um, 
but it was cool. Adult Swim had a big presence there. FX, FX. This was one. Of, this was. I don't want to say it was the year of FX, but they had a bunch of properties there. I know that Gifted, the show Gifted, was there. I know that Legion was there. But FX had a a big stage set up where they had a bunch of um, cutouts for Archer. I know that Archer had a panel too, uh, which of course I wasn't able to see. But I know that uh, so they had a big they had a big setup. And uh, IMDb, of course, IMDb had the IMD boat as they refer to it. Um, I think that's a terrible name. Just call it the IMDb boat because IMD boat is clunky and doesn't, it's whatever. But uh, Kevin Smith was apparently on the boat. He's, this is his third year doing it, I think. And he, uh, on the boat, uh, you know, with the backdrop of, of the harbor or whatever it is, the water, he interviews um, actors and writers and directors. And he interviews people from the, from the people that have, the, the properties that have a presence there. I'm not sure there's anybody memorable. I didn't. I saw the boat. I wasn't able to see him. I didn't spend an inordinate amount of time there just because there was just so much to do. So at the con, we're talking at the convention center in the convention center. Thursday, uh, I I only bought two tickets. I had the option to buy all four, but I, I bought tickets for Friday and Saturday. Those are the days that I assumed were going to be the best because. By the time you buy the tickets, they haven't announced who's going to be there and what the lineup is. So you just kind of have to guess. But uh, so I didn't have tickets for Thursday. I was going to fly into San Diego on Thursday. Flew in, uh, flew into San Diego. Got there around five, six o'clock, and uh, so that you know, by the time I got there, the, the the day was pretty much over anyway. And so I, I we didn't even have time to go down to the convention center and see what was going on. Um, I'm not sure. See, I, I know the only thing that I remember that a hearing about was the Predator. Uh, the, the new, there's a new Predator coming out, I guess, I believe it's being directed by Shane Black. Uh, they had a panel there, uh, and that was their big thing. Um, I know that Sterling K. Brown was on the panel, Olivia Munn was on the panel, Keegan-Michael Key was on the panel. Um, so they had a bunch of, uh, they had, that was their big thing. I'm not sure if they released any footage, none of that came out, or if it did, it kind of got... Um, it was kind of white noise with everything else that was going on. So 30, Thursday was a bit of a wash. Um, you know, as we know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe did not have a presence at Comic-Con this year. That was a huge bummer to me because I am a, a Marvel guy. I, that, that, that is my team. That is my, um, that is my go-to. And so I was, I was pretty upset that they weren't going to have any sort of meaningful presence there. Um, I, I, my understanding was that... They didn't, well, and I don't know, this is just conjecture. I just assumed that they didn't want to come, they didn't want to half-ass their appearance there because, you know, DC had a big, that they had a lot more stuff to show DC. And so I didn't think they wanted to, you know, compete and lose. So they they took this year off. Um, So Friday, um, Friday, this is literally, we we get, we wake up, we know we got to be there early. The doors open at 9 30, I believe, 9 or 9.30, and the, so, we're on Eastern Time anyway, it's me and Raina, Raina, you know, we'd gone, we're in in Eastern Time, so getting up super early wasn't that big a deal for us, Uh, we ended up getting there around 7 o'clock, I think, Uh, and initially, you know, everyone's piling in, they're getting in line, initially, we had gone to the Good Place experience, we uh, knew that the, the that there was a setup there, and we we loved that show, so we wanted to see it. And there was a line to to do it. It was a little ill defined though, so n- nobody was really 
nobody really had any idea what was going on. So we waited there for about half an hour and then ultimately decided that based on how long the line was going to take that by the time we would get in there, I would have missed the first panel that I wanted to see, which was, which, which would have taken place at 10 o'clock, I believe 10 or 11 o'clock. But either way, the line was, was far longer than, than two hours or three hours. So we get out of that line and we go to get into the actual convention center. And we start, you know, I know that the, I knew where the room was going to be, where, where the panel was going to be held. I knew where it was going to be. And so we go to that end of the convention center and we see the start of the line. So we start to follow the line back to, to its origin so that we could get in it. And then we keep walking and we keep walking. And then we see that it rounds the corner. All right. So we round the corner and we keep walking. We keep walking down some stairs, keep walking, keep walking. And we see that it gets to the end of that, of the corner, and then rounds another corner. So now we're, we follow it to the back of the building. And we're midway around the back of the building when we finally find the end of the line. And we're sitting there stressing. We have no idea if we're even going to get in. Are we going to find, are we going to, I don't think that there was a whole lot of demand for the panel I was going to. But I don't know. I, I, have, I have no idea. I mean, this line, I, I, we knew it was going to be a shit show. We knew that there was going to be just crowds and tons of people, but knowing something and experiencing something are completely different things. And, you know, we just weren't prepared. The nine o'clock, nine thirty rolls around doors open. And basically the line turns to nothing because people just start walking, walking in. So that was kind of disheartening, but we get in and now it's, it's about, you know, let's say 20, 30, 20 to 30 minutes before the panel that I wanted to, uh, was about to start. And so we rush, you know, basically we're running um, at a brisk pace to uh, one of the smaller ballrooms. Um, and it was, a, it was a spotlight on Mark Bernardin, who is half, uh, he's the co-host of Fat Man on Batman, the Kevin Smith, one of Kevin Smith's podcasts. He is a writer for Castle Rock, the new um, Hulu show. And I, I've basically just been a fan of his, of him, for for a while, uh, I I just love hearing him write and, and write you know quote unquote he, where he just he pontificates he he takes he's a big nerd he 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 watches all the movies I watch and I like hearing his critiques on these movies I like hearing what he has to say I mean a, a lot of the times it helps me form my opinion because I just don't I'm not able to observe property and watch a movie in 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 the way that he does because he was a writer. Uh, he's a writer. He was a, he was an editor for a long time. He was a movie critic for the LA Times, I believe. Um, so I, I like to kind of defer to this person. So I, I value his opinion very well, and I really wanted to see him because I had a million questions for him, and that I had to obviously decide for one, decide to ask one, and um, I knew that this was the only chance that I would I would get to do it. And what he does is. Like the thing that I like about him most is that what he, he he'll watch a movie, and then in the process of him reviewing it, he will give moments or endings that are better than the movie that we got. And it's like you know he'll give us something like that the, the end of Justice League or or the end of of Avengers or Star Trek, whatever it may be. And I'm like, oh man, that would have been great. I wish I wish that had been included in the movie, or I wish that movie had ended that way. And so we made it to 
the room, and it's moderately full. There's, there's, you know, 75, 50 to 75 people there. It's a good amount for him. And he ends up winning an Inkpot Award, or the Inkpot Award, which I'm not exactly sure it was. I guess it was just uh, outstanding achievement in um, in the comic book medium, I, b- I believe. And it's just a spotlight on him. It's just kind of like where he came from, you know, what you know, what his background was, what he's doing now kind of thing. And I knew all the answers, but it was just really cool to be in the room with him, hear him talk. And then they opened the floor up to some Q&A, and I, I ran up there. I was able to get... Um, I was able to get it to get in line and, and ask him a question. And my question was, and I can't believe that no one had asked him previously. My question was, given the end of Infinity War, when half of our heroes are gone and half are remaining, and I just wanted to know what he would have done, basically, what, or what he would do for Avengers Four. In that, we know that our heroes that, that a lot of the heroes that disappeared are. They have in they have solo films slated for in, in the future, so they got to come back. We know that Black Panther's coming back. We know that Spider Man's coming back. And I asked him if he had to write Avengers four, knowing that they have to come back. How would you have our um, current heroes bring them back? How would you do it? And he thought for a second, and he said, "You know what? We know that the quantum realm is going to be used to." Um, to, in some aspects to bring them back and you know they'll science it up and make up some mumbo jumbo on, on how they how they how they're going to end up doing that and so I don't want to speculate as to physically how they're going to do it but and this is where his answer get real good he's like when they do come back I want the people or the characters who were gone to have remembered that they were gone I want them to bring with them the experience of of being gone of of being dead perhaps and he's like, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that was the case, that some of the, some of the characters would have been um, angry that they were brought back, that maybe some of these characters were at peace, were finally at peace, were fi- finally found some rest, because these characters, a lot of these characters' lives are, you know, are tragic and, and chaotic. And he's like, I want those characters to have learned from the experience. I don't want them to just come back and be like, hey, I'm, you know... Uh, what happened kind of thing. He wanted them to, to, to be better or worse to, to be affected by the experience of being dead. And I thought it was a beautiful answer. I thought it was exactly, it was exactly what I was looking for. And basically the one that came to mind, Oh, and, and, and oh, to add to it, he said, you know, some of them would probably be resentful. And, and he, he, he alluded back to, a, an old Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode where I guess um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, his character, had died previously and her friends brought her back and she was resentful of it. And he's like, what? I want maybe one of these characters, some of these characters are resentful. Like maybe they wanted to stay dead. Kind of thing. Maybe they wanted to, to be that way. Like, why did you, why did you bring me back? I already, I died for you once. Why are you asking me to do it again? And it was just such, it gave me chills. I was so happy that I was able to do it and that he was able to answer um, and he gave me that answer. And, but, I, but what I thought specifically of like who that might apply to the most, it would be Bucky. Um, because he's just had such a tragic life and he, and he's had just, he's had all these memories of, of mind control and, and killings that he didn't want to do. And he, he's a tortured figure. So I thought that that would be the perfect character 
to embody that if that was to happen. You know, he would he would be happier at rest, at peace, dead. He would be happier dead. There's a uh, there's a line at the end of of Civil War where they're not the end, but in the you know towards the end where he's like, I don't know if I'm worth all this, Steve. And you know, Steve goes, well, you know the you know, the, the killing or whoever you were back then, that's not you. He goes, I know, but I did it. I just think the character would be the person to represent that the most. But either way, uh, it was a, it was a great panel. It was awesome meeting him. You know, I, I saw him walking out as we were done. I said, Hey Mark, thanks. And he goes, Oh, thank you. Kind of thing. But it was great. I really loved seeing him. It was awesome. So we went, we finished that up and went to the good place experience and the good place experience. Um, the good place is a show on NBC. It stars Kristen Bell, Ted Danson, uh, Minnie Jacinto, uh, Mark Evan Jackson, um, William, gee, I can't remember the rest. William uh, Jackson Parker, I think, and uh, Jamila Jamil. The, that's the main cast, and it's about the afterlife. It, 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 we follow um, Kristen Bell's character, Eleanor Shellstrop. She wakes up and she's in the afterlife and I won't go into any, any more of that, but the setup, the experience was set up like the, like the, um, set of the show. So it was really cool. They had a bunch of actors in there that were playing roles of like, you know, what the extras would play. And, you know, it, 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 um, we waited for a couple hours and we got in and it was a cool thing. It, it, it didn't last very long, you know, cause they got to make, they got to move people. And, but it was, it was really cool just being what felt like the real set. It was really pretty, really well done. They, uh, they, they definitely went all out this year and it showed because that line was long and the following panel was huge. Um, but that was basically, that was, you know, we, uh, most of our, most of our Friday. Uh, once we did that, we went to, this other panel, which um, followed, I can't remember his name, but he's the prop master for Marvel, all of Marvel movies. And like he, from day one, he created the arc reactor for Iron Man. He created the Iron Man suit, all of the, all of the props, the practical props that were used, this man created. It was a, it was a big, a bigger panel. And it, 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 I didn't really, I just thought, oh, that'll be cool. It's a, it's a cool you know, prop demonstration kind of thing. This guy brings out every single meaningful prop from Infinity War. The actual screen used props. He had the Josh Brolin Thanos glove. He had uh, the Black Widow kind of batons. He had Stormbreaker. He had Thor's hammer. He had Tony's arc reactor, the nanotechnology housing unit. He had all that. Um, he had a bunch of weapons from Wakanda, from Black Panther, and from Infinity War, and he just they brought he brought them all up, and they're in incredible. And just hearing him talk about the process and and the experience of creating those things, and and apparently Robert Downey Jr. has a very direct and very involved hand in creating all of the armor and the. Or, or the design, rather, for the armor and the arc reactors. He he, he explained how, you know, when they got a movie coming up, he gets a phone from, he gets a call from RDJ and goes, uh, you know, hey, it's Robert, come to the house, we got to design an arc reactor. 
And that's how it is. He goes to Robert Downey Jr.'s house and they sketch out some stuff. And, you know, the, he talked about creating Stormbreaker and the, and the challenges with that of, of trying to get the the size right, you know, because it's so much larger than Mjolnir and the weight right. And I guess so the, the on-screen hammer that we see is made of aluminum and and, and I'm not sure what the what the the shaft is made of. But he said that it weighs approximately 70 to 80 pounds, which is ridiculous. But, I mean, when you think of Chris Hemsworth, he's the specimen. He can definitely wield something like that. And, and that the, the, the props they use for fighting, you know, it, it, that aren't used for close-ups and stuff, uh, you know, involve some sort of foam and, and latex and all that stuff. So that was really cool. Um, and he passed around a bunch of photos of him with the cast and all that stuff. And it was it was just it was such a cool demonstration. I, I really wanted to. I thought they were going to let us get photos with with the props, but the second that it was over, they they bagged them up and, and took them on took them away. And that was so that was kind of a bummer. But it was really cool seeing them in person. And because I mean the glove that that Josh Brolin uses is a practical glove, and you know they CGI around it, but but he had the real glove, um, and so that was just. It was such a cool demonstration. I really that was that was one of the highlights for for Friday, definitely. Um, so after we got done with that, we walked the floor, you know, the 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 floor for a while where they had the booths and whatnot, and it was slammed. It was just it was just too crowded. You know, we tried to do it for a while, and this is and this is after being awake and walking around in the sun for several hours. So we're tired, and we just we just kind of had enough. Um, so there are things on Friday that I didn't get a, a chance to see. Now, uh, the one that I was bummed most about was the Castle Rock panel. Now, the Castle Rock panel, you know, was moder- moder- moderated by Mark Bernardin, but it had uh, Sissy Spacek, Billy Skarsgård, you know, the whole cast, and also they premiered the first episode, uh, which won't be out in too too long. But it would have been cool to see it in that environment. Um, they also had uh, the Sony panel, and that was in Hall H. And I guess uh, they they debuted uh, uh, some Venom footage, some more Venom footage, which I guess takes place in the convenience store. And um, Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock, and the Venom symbiote symbiote is um, apprehending a mugger or something like that. And, and, and I, I heard maybe he eats his face or something. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, and then they... they um, I guess got into some more character description. I guess Riz Ahmed, um, his character will also be bonded with a symbiote, and that symbiote is is a riot. And I don't really know too much about about that character, um, but it should be cool. It should it should make for some some interesting fight scenes. So that's cool. Uh, and that was Friday. We were beat, done by the end of it. I'm like I'm ready to go home. And, and we just called in a night, called in an early night. We knew we had to be up real early because Saturday is the big day. That's the day everyone goes. That's when all the best panels are. That's when, um, if Marvel was going to have a panel on Hall H, that's what it w- when it would have been. And we knew that we, uh, The Good Place, which is, of course, our favorite show, they were having a panel um, at the in the Indigo Ballroom, which I believe is the, the second or third largest um, venue to have it. And we knew that it was it it was going to be a big deal, so we knew we were going to have an early night or an early night and an er, even earlier morning. So we ended up getting up at at uh, five thirty, 
and we ended up making it to the uh, the line at 6.30, and we were already pretty far back. Um, and not to say that we didn't anticipate it, because there were people, and we'd gone there the day before to scatter it out to know exactly where to go, and there were people lining up. Um, there were people lining up already from that night. Um, from the or For the night before, they were going to sleep there. Now, um, so we got in line, and then even when we got in line at 6.30, there were people coming in on, you know, behind us. We were nowhere near the back of the line. We were closer to the front than the back. Um, so we waited for a couple of hours. Um, we knew that they had a panel before The Good Place, and it was uh, Steven Universe, it was, which is a cartoon on a cartoon network, which I am not, I was not familiar with really at all. I'd seen... I'd seen commercials for it, but I had no context. I didn't know who the characters were. I don't know what the story is. I don't know anything about that. And so we figured that everyone in front of us was basically there, or the majority of everyone in front of us was basically there for Steven Universe, and that once that was gone, everybody would clear out. So we thought that it would have been a better idea to get as far as we can in the line, and then we'll be okay. Now, what ended up happening was that we actually got into Steven Universe, and we're like, okay, let's do this for a while. And we'll just we'll get good seats. We'll get even better seats because um, we actually had pretty good seats. We'll get even better seats when it's the Good Place panel. So we're, we we you know they bring up at, at Steven Universe they bring up the the voice cast. I don't know any of these people. Um, everybody in the in the in the auditorium though did, and you know from not and they played the first they played the first episode of, of the new season coming. And they opened it up to Q&A. But for not knowing anything about the, the story whatsoever, not knowing any of the characters, but to be around a fan base, a group of people that really appreciated the me, the, the show, they, they loved the show. There were people in tears watching this show. And to, to, to be in a group of people that valued it so much, it was actually really cool. Um, not, you know, I wasn't able to understand what, anything that was going on. But to see these people that it meant so much to them, that were they, that they were brought so much joy from being from being in front of the cast to having their questions answered to watching the watching the the episode to to gasps and laughter and clapping and yelling, and it was uh, it was cool. It was a really cool thing to see to witness and, and kind of to be on the outside looking in because. Usually the only time I'm around that is like a sports event, a sporting event, and I'm in it um, and can't really appreciate it from a, from a viewer's perspective. But um, so that was cool. And then the panel ends and it's time for the good, the good place panel <laughs> and no one leaves. Everyone stayed in there. So we kind of, we, we, we didn't get any better seats. We had to stay put. So that kind of stunk. But the good place panel comes out and we get the whole cast. We get Kristen Bell. We get Ted Danson. We get Mike Schur, the, the creator of the show. Um, we get Manny Jacinto. We get um, William Jackson Parker. What? The guy who plays Chidi, for God's sake. Uh, and we get Jamila Jamil. And it's a big panel. And uh, Mark Evan Jackson was the... Um, he was the moderator. He did a great job. He is also the host of their of their podcast, the Good Place Podcast, which is pretty good. And you know, it was it was such a big room that we weren't that we, we didn't really get to be that close with it, to them. Um, the 
uh, it was very entertaining though. Everyone was everyone seemed really great. Ted Danson seems like such a such a sweet guy. Everyone everyone cannot stop saying how nice this guy is. Um, he was everyone was really funny, really energetic. It was really great that they came out there. I really appreciated appreciated that. And then they um, they showed us the first uh, three minutes of the next ep- of the first episode, which comes out on September twenty seventh, I believe. So that was cool. That was that was the highlight so far of that day. Um, um, what we wanted to do was go to the next thing we wanted to do was we wanted to see. I, I know that American Dad and and Family Guy had panels, and I love I both I love both those shows. So we wanted to get in line for that. But we get to that was in Ballroom Twenty, which is un, which is again probably the third largest venue, and. The line is just too far. We got in line. We asked people what they were waiting for, and they were waiting for the panel, like two panels after Family Guy, which was already at four o'clock, I believe. Um, and this is at noon. And the problem was the panel, the first panel of the day in that room was The Simpsons. And the panel after that was American Dad. And the panel after that was Family Guy. And so, like, okay, well, none of the people in there are going to leave. So there's not a chance we're getting in. I mean, everyone, because they don't kick you out, you can you can stay there all day if you want. And that's that's what people did. You know, if, if you're going there for The Simpsons, if you're a fan of The Simpsons, you're also a fan of American Dad and The Simpsons, or and, and Family Guy. So that was a lost cause. That was kind of a bummer. I really um, wish I was able to get in there for that. However, one of my friends who just randomly was at the Comic-Con that I didn't know until I saw photos of her posting... Uh, was able to get up and ask uh, the cast of Family Guy a question. So that was cool um, for her, <laughs> of course. Um, but So that was that was okay. Now, what we had decided to go down on the floor again, you know, because we, we were a little fresher. We figured we could, we could make it work a little bit. And then we did. We walked the floor. Um, I know that, that Marvel did have a pretty big booth. They had some, some, uh, some of the costumes set up. Uh, DC had the biggest booth by far. Um, they had some costumes set up from the mo- from their upcoming movies. They had, um, you know, I guess action figures and stuff like that. Um, so that was we actually didn't even brave that stuff just because it was just so crowded. It was hard to move. Um, and yeah, so that was that was pretty much the the, the beginning half of of, of Saturday. Um, they had mentioned this thing at the Good Place panel called the this fan meetup thing, and I didn't really put much stock into it. I'm like, all right, this is you know I'm, I'm, that doesn't sound promising. Um, they were promoting a bunch of other things, so I didn't think it was going to be anything good. Uh, but Rain and I decided to go down there anyway, just check it out. And um, they're holding up signs for like cosplay pageant or whatever, because there's a lot of people that had dressed up with the characters from the Good Place. And so I'm like, all right, this is lame. It's just going to be you know, some production assistant, you know, that got the short straw and now has to kind of moderate this, you know, this cosplay thing, which seemed really lame. But Rain is like, oh, let's, just, let's wait a little bit. Let's just, you know, let's see what happens. And so we're waiting there for a couple of minutes. I'm like, I'm getting ready to leave. I'm like, this is, we're in the sun. I'm, I'm ready to go. And then, um, Raina goes, oh my god, that was Darcy Carden. And Darcy Carden, and I, I forgot to mention her, Darcy Carden is another, she plays um, Janet on the show. She's actually a 
probably the, the, the fan favorite. She goes, oh my God, that's Darcy Carter. They're here. And sure enough, they all walk out. It was, well, most of them. It was Darcy Carden, the one who plays Janet, um, Manny Jacinto, uh, William, Ev- William um, Jackson Parker, Cheedy, for God's sake, uh, Mark Evan Jackson, um, and uh, Jim, and that was it, yeah. And so, like, the cast of our sh- favorite show has just walked out, and they're right in front of us. And we're freaking out, because they're, they're just a couple of feet away. They're taking pictures with with um, a, with a bunch of people that are dressed up as their character, and they're walking by. And I was able to get a, a picture with um, Manny Sinto and Mark Evan Jackson, and they were the coolest guys. Uh, they were super nice, real friendly. Um, took pictures with everyone who asked. Um, just really, really great guys. And I mean, Mark Evan Jackson is a journeyman actor. He's been in a ton of stuff. I just he's in Kong Skull Island. He's in. Brooklyn Nine Nine. He's in. He was in Parks and Rec. He was in. I think Two Broke Girls. He's been in a ton of of stuff. And so just to see these guys, get a picture with them, get to meet them, it was. It was. We were on cloud nine. It was just so. Bruno cut it out. It was very very cool. We were really excited. It, it absolutely made our day. You know, it was it was a it was a fifteen second interaction, and it was just the absolute highlight of our of our Comic Con experience. Now. I suggest everyone go watch this show. It is a great show. Um, it's it's just it's bright and colorful and funny. It's really funny and just it's easily bingeable. The first season's on Netflix. The second season is on the eight, the NBC app, and I believe it's also on Hulu. But that was a highlight of our of our trip by far. Um, now, so the the things that that I missed on Saturday were the DC panel. Uh, because that, that was in Hall H, and get in line. You might as well get in line on Friday morning, um, and an evening with Kevin Smith, which was also in Hall H, which was uh, later in the day. Now, the DC panel was the first thing on a Saturday morning, and they released a bunch of trailers. They released, um, or they released two trailers, and they, they we got some Wonder Woman footage. They released uh, the Shazam trailer, and they released the Aquaman trailer. The Shazam trailer. I, I, I'm skeptical about both these properties. None of them really interested me very much. Zachary Levy. I don't really. I'm not a huge fan of his. Not that I don't like him. It's just I don't watch anything that he does. Jason Momoa. I thought was was corny as hell in uh, Justice League. So I'm like whatever. Um, but I watched them because they they released them and then everybody could see them. And I watched the Shazam trailer, and it actually looks pretty good. It, it looks like it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm I'm. I'm I'm looking forward to that movie. It looks good. Uh, Zachary Levy is, you know, for those who don't know, he plays Shazam, who is Shazam is a young boy, Billy Batson, who is imbued with the power of a three thousand year old uh, wizard or something like that. Um, and he, he, and when he says the word Shazam, which channels the powers of like Solomon and Zeus and Hercules and and uh, you know all that and and. Atlas and a lot of crap. Um, he turns into Shazam, who's this full-grown man and super powerful, comparable to um, Superman. And it, it just looks like a ton of fun. It looks like it looks a lot lighter. A light. It's got a light, lighter tone than all the previous um, DC movies. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'm looking forward to that. It looks like fun. However, the Aquaman movie, we got the trailer for that too, and that looks like horseshit. It's just, they may as well have just made it a an animated movie, 
it's all CGI. Um, there's a ton of like sea animals, like like sharks. People ride on sharks with they've got like harnesses and stuff, and and also like horse sized seahorses that people also ride, which makes no sense whatsoever. And I guess the the bad the villain is trying to wage war with with the land people and he's going to use the um the sea creatures uh to do it i'm not really sure how sea creatures are going to be very effective to on a war on land so good luck with that uh amber heard his character she's playing mira um looks like bad little mermaid cosplay her 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 wig the wig they, that she's got going on looks terrible um, it just all the way around does not look good. Um, so I don't really know. I, I don't know of anyone that's really looking forward to it. I think it looks terrible. I, I'm not even certain that I'm going to see it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I, I'm not a huge fan, fan of James, James Wan, uh, or Wan. Um, I know that he did some Fast and Furious movies or at least one of them. So that right there should be a red flag. But, uh, yeah, so I'm not looking forward to that at all. I know that uh, Warner Brothers also released the Godzilla King of the Monsters trailer. Now, I saw the first Godzilla, the, or the reboot with uh, Evan Taylor John, Evan Taylor Johnson. Um, I think that's his name. It was fine. Uh, there was nothing memorable or or amazing about it. But it was, it, it was fine. So, you know, when I watched this trailer, I was like, okay. Whatever. It kind of looks awesome. It looks really good. You get uh, you get to see Mothra, and that's actually the only um, creature from the universe that I really know. Um, there's like a three-headed dragon, which I don't know what his name is. But um, from visually, I guess Millie Bobby Brown is in it, and but visually it is stunning. From what I can tell, it looks really good. I'm, I'm excited to see that too. I think I'm, that that might be a first, an opening weekend kind of movie for me. Uh, that doesn't come out for a while. Though. I think it's next summer. Um, but yeah, so that you know, those were the three big takeaways for the most part. Um, and and the next one in that the the, the next thing that I missed was the Kevin Smith uh, deal. With, I mean, I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith, not as movies. Um, it's just I, I I'm just not a a big fan of his movies. I thought Tusk was very bizarre, um, but I am a fan of of what he does, what he represents in his podcasts. I think um, I think he's he's a cool dude. I, I would have liked to see to to see him do his thing, kind of thing. But uh, it was in Hall H, and there was just no way we we're getting in. Um, so that was uh, and that was Saturday. By Saturday, by the end of Saturday, I could barely walk. My my hips just just stopped moving. And it was it was time to go home. And then as for Sunday, no idea. I have no idea what happened on Sunday. I, I assumed most people left on Sunday. And that's when I left. Uh, and, you know, got in the plane and go home. Some of the big news coming out of Comic-Con that really sucks was I, during the Sony panel, um, which was on Friday, uh, James Gunn was supposed to be there and it was announced on Friday that he had been fired off Guardians 3. He'd been fired from Disney um, because of some tweets that he had sent 
or that he had tweeted out eight to ten years ago. Um, now, I read some of the tweets. I believe there was a lot of them. I read some of the tweets, and they, were, they make jokes about rape and pedophilia, and they are weird. They're, they're, they're gross and distasteful and weird. It is a, they were weird to say, and I don't know why anybody would make them. But, you know, I mean, his statement was that he was a provocateur at the time in his life. You know, he was making really weird movies. Slither was a weird movie. Um, but he was fired. And, I mean, the tweets were gross. But they weren't real. If he had done those things that he was joking about, yes, get rid of them. But he didn't. They're te- they were tweets. They're not... They didn't happen. They're tasteless jokes. And they weren't even directed at anyone specifically. You know, if he had lashed out and, and, and talked about a, an actual human being, that might actually be one thing. Kind of like Roseanne Barr. You know, like her, her tweet was disgusting and racist and directed at an actual human being. And regardless of context, whether or not she was joking, it doesn't really matter because they were made and it was at someone. But his weren't. His were jokes, not jokes that I understand or get or I think are funny to anyone, but they're not real. And I think it's really fucked up that they fired him. So I don't think he should have been fired. And I think they should bring him back because he created the Guardians of the Galaxy. He, I think, is the only one that could have made the movies that that he made. I don't think that the Guardians are the same without James Gunn. And I think that Guardians 3 is going to suffer because he's not on it. I think he's a different person than the person that made those. Man, I don't know. I just think it was wrong. And I think it sucks. And I think that we, the fans, are going to pay the price for it. So, yeah, that is what it is. Overall, I think that Comic-Con was awesome. And I really, I'm going again next year. It's going to happen. I've already booked the hotel because that stuff books up real fast. And I didn't want to miss out. I want to get a, I want, I want to get a better location than this past year. I'm coming with coming to next year's 2019 with more knowledge, with more, with more experience, and hopefully we'll get something from Marvel. Um, so that it was, uh, it was awesome. It was awesome, and and I cannot wait for it again next year. Um, not sure what's coming up uh, movie-wise, if there are any shows coming up, um, but that's my that's that's all I got for right now. I was really excited for Comic-Con, and uh, I'm really happy with what we got. Uh, this, I, of course, am still Harris Kaufman. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything you want to ask me, anything you want to say, feel free to email me at I was right podcast at gmail.com. All right, everybody. Thank you.